For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, heck yes. How can you not be excited for a Thursday morning after a Wednesday night that we got on TBS? Dynamite just coming in hot week after week. This is SP3's real favorite day of the week because we get to break down AEW Dynamite. Also, his spirits are just off the chain right now. Not only did he get to talk to MLW champion Alex Hammerstone, you can watch that that interview right now on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast YouTube channel. And that now features two champions. Two. My boy. Taking home. Quizzlemania. Look at this. Basking in the glory. Quizzlemania champion. Now I'm a, I'm a two belts. SP3 two belts. <laughs> the interim SK trivia champion. And the reigning, defending Quizzlemania champion. I beat the greatest wrestling journalist in the world today. Sean Ross Sapp, the the greatest Quizzlemania champion of all time. I beat him, and I did it in Black History Month. (laughs) I did it the same week as two, 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 two. Two, which is an angel number, and it gave me good luck. That's what my wife told me. So I trust her, and I will go with it. It gave me good luck, and I came through on my fourth appearance on Quizzlemania. I walked out with the charm. Fourth time's the charm for SP3. I saw that. I was very, very happy for you. I know that is something you have been striving for. It's hard to get on that show, let alone win that show. Yet somehow you're 0-2 in the Believe in Pro Wrestling Trivia Challenges. It's weird, man. It's weird. It's almost like the deck is stacked against you. Someone's conspiring against you. Maybe it's the longest reigning, undefeated, undisputed sports keto wrestling trivia champion. Which, are they going to get back to us about whether or not we're actually going to defend this damn belt? They got some issues going on over there right now. I guess we're uh, persona non grata at the uh, at the moment as far as that's concerned. WCW in the spell. W. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna do uh we appreciate you guys joining in on this thursday edition of the believe in pro wrestling podcast uh again as i mentioned we got our interview up with alex hammerstone right now ahead of super fight charlotte north carolina uh, so make sure to check that out my boy sp3 you can also uh w- view the write-up uh that i did up on uh cagesideseats.com really really good stuff i loved the stuff we was talking about is WWE tryouts uh, and and the advice that he gave to to the younger talent about being true to yourself, self-awareness, 
knowing what you need to work on and work on it and not blaming other people. That was really, really good stuff from Alex Hammerstone. Uh, also talked about uh, his boy uh, MJF, who had a hell of a damn performance uh, last night on the microphone. I mean, just you beat me to it. Chef's kiss. A promo from MJF and a promo type that we don't really see out of him. This is a new side of MJF that we saw last night. A side that I did not know existed. We had a ton of new matches uh, added for AEW Revolution. Uh, this looks more like a WrestleMania card than the actual WrestleMania card that we have coming up. And that's not a knock on the three matches that we know are coming for WrestleMania. They're all great matches, and I'm sure they're all going to be great matches. But damn, is this card stacked? We will get into that. We have more new additions, both official and reported, coming to AEW. There's a lot to break down uh, in today's episode. But first things first, got to get the housekeeping done. Football season might be over, but basketball's in full swing, both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your betting needs. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V, and it is not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, sports, Vegas casino games. Bet Online, your number one online wagering destination. The fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online where the game starts also as AEW revolution gets closer. So does ladies and gentlemen, the deadline to register for our contest to win at least $50 to shop AEW go to my Twitter page. You got to follow both of us. So look at those beautiful Twitter handles there at Rick Uchino at true heel SP three. Look at my pin tweet, follow the instructions, get yourself registered. Uh, we will be drawing that winner uh, AEW revolution uh, weekend. Let us go ahead and get started. We talked about MJO. Mentioned MJF. Jade Cargill had another good night as well. She did something interesting I want to get into. Ricky Starks qualifies for the face of the Revolution ladder match. So much to get into, but I think we got to start with the ending last night. Another really good match for Brian Danielson as he takes on uh, Daniel Garcia. A lot of Daniels in that matchup. I just want to say real quick. Brian Danielson's kicks to the face might be like my favorite move in wrestling. It's so simple yet. So violent and a perfect setup to, to finish a match. I love it so damn much. It was a great way to finish that match. And then 2.0 comes down and then the roof blows off the joint as his Brian Danielson's getting double teamed. And then wild thing hits John Moxley makes a beeline like almost actually like a literal beeline. I've never known why it's called a beeline when it's a straight line, but this one's more shaped like a B the way Moxley came in just tears out 2.0 chucks him out. The music is still blaring while he's kicking ass, which made it absolutely that much better. And then we get the stare down. Brian Danielson makes the match official. They're going to bleed together at AEW revolution, a, a headlining match and a card that is full of headliners. I mean, if I asked you, this is what I'm not, I didn't even put this question in the, in the, in the, uh, five count. If I had to ask you to pick a, pick a match you're most excited for, I don't think you could do it. I don't think you could do it. It's an impossible question to ask SP3. Some, sometimes for, you know, AEW card, impact card or WWE card, sometimes you're, you're the match you're mostly anticipated with, un, anticipated for will change by the week. 
with mm-hmm. AEW Revolution, it changed by the segment last night. <laughs> like I was hyped for for the three way for the tag team titles after the Battle Royal. I was hyped for Cole and Paige after that after Paige's great promo on this show. I was very much more invested in MJF and CM Punk after MJF's work on this show. Rosa and Baker in just a short little vignette. I was just, I was like, oh, we're gonna get a real promo on, on Rampage. I'm, yeah. I'm liking what they're doing there. And then you got this with Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia. Another back-to-back weeks technical wrestling clinics by brian danielson and in different ways with with lee moriarty he just really tried to beat him on the ground use his hard hitting because he knew that that lee moriarty couldn't match him on that and then in the end he took he took control putting that all together in the end this one was different he tried to toy with daniel garcia and garcia was having none of it he went for the legs he tried to take him down and then Brian Danielson had to start getting dirty, take a suplex to the outside, go to, go to the drop kick. Then he just got gritty with the strikes, the, the Greco-Roman knuckle lock with the strike. That was a great yeah, sequence. And then the reversal on this, a dragon screw, where you think the match is progressing, is going to go, it's going to get even better. He just stopped, boom. Match over. Kicks his, kicks his effing head in and then puts him in the Nick in the Nick Diaz triangle choke with the biceps. Oh man, Brian Daniels is great. And then the post match, it made sense because this was one of the rare things, one of the nitpicks that it, that my friend Jimmy Macaram usually has with AEW Dynamite is they don't do promos to build up the main event a lot of weeks, and especially like. A couple of weeks ago, Hangman Page and Lance Archer, it would have made the world title match more important if you would have heard promos from the guys earlier in the night. That's why, like, when they did MJF and CM Punk, you you noticed the difference because they showed them in the back. They showed the video package. They hyped it up very well. And tonight, they I mean, last night, they did that very well as well. They got Daniel Garcia with a promo. They got Brian Danielson trying to talk down to 2.0. And then the post-match worked into their promos because 2.0 was offended by what Danielson said about them not teaching Daniel Garcia well. They jumped him. Then you get Moxley coming out. It makes sense for him to make the save. And then it sets up a huge match. And I love what Danielson said to Moxley. He was like, don't be surprised if you're the only one bleeding at a revolution. That was just great after what Moxley said to him, that you got to bleed with me first before you stand side by side with me. That's a totally different matchup than what we than what we're going to see with Paige and Cole. It's a totally different feud as well. And then I didn't even bring up probably my favorite promo of the night, which was Eddie Kingston and, and Chris Jericho. And Eddie Kingston just always dropping bar after bar. And just he's quick wit because you can you can tell with Eddie Kingston, some of the stuff is not is not written in his head. He's not prepared to say it. He's just has that quick wit. Like, do you do you do you uh know what this word means? I got a GED. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that line, yo, that line had me get out of my seat laughing because I, that I, was gold. But Danielson and Moxley, that's gonna be great. This whole card just has so many things going for it. And the feuds, you're able to get these promos after weeks of great matches. You're able to get these promos and you feel fulfilled, even though you're not getting like a couple of long, different, great matches. You get the long match in the opener, long match in the main event, 
couple of short matches in between, and you feel satisfied because the promos are just on another level. Yeah, you're dead on about Eddie Kingston because I think he he saved that um, that that promo exchange because I wasn't feeling a whole lot of what Chris Jericho was throwing down. Jericho is is in this phase right now where he loves to throw out the the kayfabe words. He he's talking about baby faces and this that and the other thing, and I don't know if it just if it comes out well on on television. It just every time he he does that kind of thing, I just I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. Like I'm not like obviously I know I I know the words and everything. It just it just seems weird. It just seems forced on television. But like Eddie Kingston was like, I don't know what that is. Like he dropped baby. He's like, he's like, he's like what's what's a baby face? Yeah, it's like he's <laughs> like he's doing his best to keep the business a secret, right? Like even though everybody knows at this point. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you on Eddie Kingston. I agree on you with everything you said about Daniel Garcia. He had a couple of like single leg takedowns and chops on Brian Danielson that hurt me watching it. They were so crisp and so close. And look, the number one rule in professional wrestling is make it believable. And there were a lot of points in that match between uh, the the Daniels, I'll call them, uh, where it, it it looked like a shoot fight that was going down. Those two had a really good, crisp, clean match. Uh, the Adam Cole story with... Red Dragon and and the the elite gets better by the week. It, it finally, this one kind of hits home for me because it, I finally figured out what it reminds me of. It reminds me of you're trying to get your work friends and your school friends together, and you're hoping and you're praying, right, that it meshes, that they get along. And here's the other problem. You're a completely different person with your school friends than you are with your work friends. And it just creates absolute chaos. I've been in those awkward situations and that it's what it's coming off like for Adam Cole. And he is just stuck in the middle. He's like, damn it. All right. This ain't working. Who am I going to have to choose? <laughs> like that's what it, that's what it's boiling down to at this point. And it's, it's so damn good. And you know, it was nice to see, the way Kyle O'Reilly won the battle royal yeah, was, was great. Just absolutely duped him into it. It's like, oh, toss him. I'm all right, man. We'll go. Oh, screw you. Toss him. <laughs> just a lot of just a lot of little things. That's what AW does so well is they do a lot of little things that help make the entire show just so much better. And we haven't even talked about the new edition. We got Reportedly, we got two new additions. One is confirmed. Buddy Matthews shows up. And then we got another SRS bomb, Fightful Select dropping. That Swerve Strickland is on his way uh, to AEW. So, I mean, the, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, but we talked about this last week. We had a, a feeling that Buddy Matthews was going to be the guy that is going to be in House of Black. And then he shows up tonight. Kind of uh, does a, a little swerve. You know, we're talking about Swerve Strickland. Kind of does a little swerve there. They'll have the lights go down as as uh, Alistair Black, or excuse me, Malachi Black. Old habits die hard. Sorry, folks. Malachi Black looks like he's about to pull the, the secret window and shove the shovel right into Penta's uh, throat. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's history, right? History shows up. There's Buddy Matthews. What's he going to do? Of course, he aligns himself with uh, with Malachi Black. But I'll tell you what, man. I don't know how long that's going to last because at some point down the road, those two are going to throw down. And I know we've seen it before 
in the E, but I can't wait to see it in the AEW. All right, that that's going to be money at some point down the road. But very excited for Buddy Matthews to see him back in a to see him in AEW back in a wrestling ring again. And the pop he got last night, he definitely deserved that. I know a lot in wrestling. You you hear you know people say there's too many belts, but it seems like a lot of times when AEW debuts someone new, I see the same thing, and I'm going to say it again here, ladies and gentlemen, and that's where's the trios belts? Because that <laughs> ultra blood trio can be the first ever trio champion. You got Malachi Black, Brody King murdering security and everything outside. Then you got Buddy Matthews coming in with his mini Kenny Omega offense on Pac and Penta. I just, uh, you know, he brings a whole different type of energy to him. And I'm glad he's going to be in a company that really rewards in-ring workers like him and gives them something like, Although Pac, you know, has a, a different type of schedule where he's in the UK sometimes, then he's on Dynamite, he's in the UK a few weeks, then he's on Dynamite. Anytime he's on Dynamite, he's in something important. Why? Because he's one of the best in-ring workers in this company. So if that is the trajectory for just Buddy Matthew, that's the bare minimum they could do for him. I'm all right with that because a lot of times when he was in WWE, they didn't have anything for him. His whole gimmick is about them not be not realizing his skill and his yeah. ability in the ring, the best kept secret. That's why he's called that because it was a secret to the WWE until he had to force his way onto 205 Live and then open some eyes and they realized, oh, we got something here and put the Cruiserweight Championship on him and really made him the star of that division for a while. Then they bring him up to the main roster and they did the same thing again until Paul Heyman was the guy that saw something in him, paired him up with Seth Rollins, and then they ruined that again when Paul Heyman was out of power. So I just want to see him in a company that just gives him some type of importance, some type of story. When he was with Seth Rollins at WWE, even that was fine, and that's like the bare minimum they could do with yeah. you is associate you with a top star. That is fine. If they would have kept that a little bit longer and then uh, like do a real blow-off between them and let them have real matches and not matches focused on a 19-year-old non-wrestler that they wanted to align with Buddy Matthews, I would be totally fine with them, but they didn't do that. <laughs> they So I need AEW to do right by them. But I like, I like acquisitions like Buddy Matthews where you can kind of see where they fit in and then AEW just does that. And that's how I feel with strength, with uh, Shane Swerve Strickland. Like, although, you know, you just got Keith Lee come in and a lot of people think he's going to be positioned in the TNT championship uh, division. A lot of the complaints that I hear, and it's very few about the TNT title division, is champions of the past like Miro or like Sammy Guevara, who Miro had to have matches with Lee Johnson or Diego Delso or Brian Pillman Jr. Or Sammy started off his first reign against a debuting Bobby Fish or a debuting Tony Nese or a debuting yeah. Jay Lethal. It wasn't those guys that have that name recognition that are considered one of the one of the best in-ring workers. But you add someone like Keith Lee, you're putting more focus on a Wardlow. You're giving Powerhouse Hobbs an opportunity in this face of the revolution ladder match. You're giving Ricky Starks that opportunity. And then you bring in us, uh, you know, Swerve Strickland, and then you can insert him in that, that whole division. If it's really reportedly on the way, 
I want him to be in a face of the revolution match yeah. next week. Put him directly in this match. Like just with the people alone that I just named that are in this ladder match, you add Swerve Strickland, and then it's a real mystery because going in, I'm gonna believe Keith Lee should win this ladder match, but you throw Swerve Strickland in there and you're gonna have people be like, you're gonna have to pick a side. It's like you're gonna go with Keith Lee, you're gonna go with Swerve Strickland. It's it's very much options, and then any of the other guys that I mentioned are dark horses to also win. I like Swerve Strickland in AEW. I said that to you. I understood what you were coming from with Swerve being in Impact Wrestling. And yeah, that would be great. He would be there. He would be a star in the X Division or a star yeah. in the heavyweight division. But AEW just has more eyes. And this is an opportunity yeah. for him to be in the position that he thought he was in in WWE when he first signed back in 2019, that he was signing with the company with the best talent in the world. He was going to NXT, going to become a star. It took him a while to do it, but he accomplished all of that. And then they took away all the stars, and now he's back in the company that has the best in-ring workers in the world, and I think he's going to shine. Yeah, and and my only, and I'm not even going to say it's a complaint. It, it It's more of a worry, right? Is like you mentioned four or five people in, in two seconds ago that I almost forgot were in AEW. Like to be on, like Jay Lethal, I honestly forgot he was there until you brought up his name. They have debuted so many people. Like Danhausen feels like he was five debuts ago. And at this point, he might have been. And I'm not seeing him a whole lot on TV, which is frankly upsetting to me because I'm a huge Danhausen fan and I want that man on my TV screen every damn time AEW comes on. But it seems like they're using him more for, for social media stuff. Maybe he's not cleared for in-ring competition, and that's fine. And they'll, you know, bring him in whenever he can eventually wrestle, and that will be great. But you you're also got to remember, it took six months for them to debut Orange Cassidy. It did. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. They had the the rosters deep, like Miro's reportedly cleared. I believe Sean Rossap from Fightful.com uh, said that as well. Like he's cleared. He's just waiting on creative. All of a sudden, Miro is in creative ain't got nothing for you hell in aew now i i wouldn't say that i i'd say he's in he's pretty much in because he got hurt he's pretty right. much in the same position he was when he was the gamer miro he's waiting for his turn, turn. and yeah. that i think i think that's cool because you saw with the first time when he got his turn he ran with it yes, so you have that's the that's the thing with aew and the kind of rotating that they do with their roster that you're gonna get you gonna get a turn you gotta run with that when you do get that turn i think someone like a jay lethal uh, he's spending time you know in the company he's also doing some training he's also spending a lot of time with non-aew bookings like he's going to be on terminus this week uh this and, week. and that's the other thing they're allowed to go out and and work it's not like you know you're in wwe where you're an independent contractor but you're solely with wwe and you can't go out and do other bookings so you're literally just sitting and catering waiting for for something so that's where AEW does have the uh the options like yeah i work for AEW, i got that contract but i can also go out and do shows like terminus so that does yeah. uh that does definitely and help speaking of lethal and terminus also who is backstage at AEW dynamite tonight is the original roh world champion jonathan gresham so I don't know if that's a signing or they're going to have him come in like Impact did and other promotions have 
to have an ROH World Championship matchup because if he's coming in to verse Brian Danielson or CM Punk, sign me up. I'll, don't sign him. Just sign that match. Give me that match on AEW Dynamite or Rampage. And here's the other thing. Tony Khan is still reportedly working on this big business deal, whatever the hell it is. I, I'm the way he's making his sign a sound like, I don't know if you can have a signing as big as CM Punk with the people that is out there. I mean, you could probably get a WWE legend maybe, but that doesn't, that's not going to have the Bray same. Wy- Bray Wyatt is still the biggest fish out there to me. Uh, I, but I don't think that should be, he should hype that as the same as the first dance for me. It's sounding, he said it's something different. Something that's never been done in AEW. I want a cold promotional show. I want a cold promotional show with either New Japan, with either Impact Wrestling, something like that. I feel yeah. is worthy and fits the hype that he's building to. It it it's going to be interesting uh, to to see what it is. And you know, look, you got to give Tony Khan credit. He's a hell of a promoter. He knows how to build buzz, and more often than not, he delivers. So if Swerve Strickland shows up fantastic great there's another AEW does these moments great these debut moments are great but then yeah you got you got some people who tend to fall to the wayside here a little bit and i don't mean that necessarily as a negative thing because they do come back around and they do get a turn but i can't help but think if i'm a talent especially if i'm a younger talent or if i'm one of the og like AEW guys and they keep bringing in new people on top that line just keeps getting longer and they ain't stopping it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but it's, yeah, I, man, I already watch wrestling four or five nights a week. I, I'm almost like, damn it, guys, you get, you need more TV time. You got, too, you got too many damn people. And by the way, you brought up the, the trios titles, like the, how that needs to happen. Look, man, I don't think there's a better way to introduce it than when Ray Phoenix comes back. Cause then you can do Phoenix, Penta, Pac against House of Black. Boom. I mean, yep. Just let it ride. Just absolutely let it ride. Uh, what is more important, though, SP3 in the entire world than peace of mind? Nothing, I say nothing. That is what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the Internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, like I just had to at the beginning of this recording. And plans start at just under $4 a month. Apparently, I need to get NordVPN. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use our promo code BLEAV to get up to 70% off your Nord VPN plan plus one additional month free. It is also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, I want to start with Mr. Shane Swerve Strickland. Because after Sean Rossap's report came out today that he will be inking a deal with AEW, which, by the way, Swerve retweeted that, quote tweeted it. So that's a confirmation for me that he's going to show up in AEW at some point. You're talking about putting him in the face of the Revolution ladder match, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I would love to see that be his first match. But I I couldn't count on one hand or even two hands 
how many people I saw on social media today saying that he should come in immediately and defeat Sammy Guevara for the TNT championship right off the bat. Boom. So I'll ask that number one of the five count should swerve defeat Sammy Guevara for the TNT championship. I wouldn't mind it. I honestly feel like to add importance to this face of the revolution ladder match that this year's winner should be the TNT champion. I know that Sammy just won back the title at beach break in January and he was kind of solidified with that victory. It was like a star making moment in that ladder match against Cody Rhodes, but I think he's going to be all right if he does lose the title to Swerve, and especially if it's going to have a series of matches, and you know that match is going to slap between Sammy and Swerve, or, you know, even if it's Keith Lee that wins the face of the revolution ladder match, I think him tossing around Sammy and Sammy flying around him and using his speed would be a fun match. So I, I definitely would be down with Swerve beating Sammy for the TNT championship. If he's in the match, he wins it. I think he's got to win the title. Now, does that mean that 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 match has to happen the week after or two weeks after or three weeks after? I think you could I think you could stretch it out a little bit. I think you could have Sammy maybe even have a couple more title defenses in between and you could promote it at a at you know one of these big events that AEW has. But yeah, whenever that match happens, I think Swerve should win it. And I think you know it would kind of do good to that argument that I was just kind of making where people make these debuts and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, back of the line. Maybe a debuting swerve cuts the line. Maybe he comes in and he makes that immediate impact and shows that a signing can make an immediate impact. And hey, plans change, pal, right? So whatever was going on with Sammy, all of a sudden here comes Swerve. I mean, this is a guy who was who was cooking with gas in WWE and then he gets called up to the main roster with the rest of Hit Row and then is inexplicably just let go. The 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 ceiling, there is no ceiling for this guy. I mean, he is he's an absolute star. I think I would do it. I think I would pull the trigger. I would go ahead and yeah, I would agree. I'd say make that immediate impact. Shut people like myself up who who sit here and say, Oh yeah, that man, Ruby Soho, man, she she debuted and that was great. She got that title shot and uh oh now. Now where's she at? You know, like it's that tends to happen more often than not. So I would be actually pleasantly surprised if somebody came in and made that big impact. Now you can do the same thing with Keith Lee too. You have options here. You have options. I think, man, I think whoever wins this ladder match should probably go ahead and win the TNT championship. I think I'm in agreement with you on that one. Um, mm -hmm. I think Sammy would be just fine regardless. I, I think he's already kind of a made man in AEW at this point. So let's move on. Uh, to the face of the revolution ladder match here. Ricky Starks does qualify. Let's focus on the four dudes who are in there right now. One of these things is not like the other. We had, we had big meaty men bumping meat. Now all of a sudden here comes Ricky Starks. So now we got some speed. We got some high flying ability. We got the typical kind of guy who shines in these ladder matches. So you look at the four dudes who are in this match, Wardlow, powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, and Ricky Starks. Who's your favorite? Right now, if you had to pick a winner out of these four alone, who you got? I got to go with Keith Lee. Keith Lee needs that uh, jolt being on AEW. You know, they gave him a great debut, but, you know, he's only had like promos or small vignettes since then. They really need to kind of give him that defining victory, and that would be great at in the face of the Revolution ladder match. He's going to be in there with 
two beefy guys in Powerhouse Hobbs and who I think could potentially become his main rival in AEW and Wardlow. I just look at Wardlow and he's got all the traits of Dominic Dijakovic, who is the greatest in-ring rival of Keith Lee. I feel like Wardlow fits a lot of those traits and they would be a great matchup with each other. So I'm very interested in that matchup. I think Ricky Starks would be a great option to win as well, but it just feels like Keith Lee is the right guy out of these four. Yeah, I would go with Keith Lee as well. Uh, obviously, you know, these last two spots could could definitely sway the odds into somebody else's favor, especially if it is a, a Swerve Strickland who shows up. But I think Keith Lee is the the heavy favorite uh, right now. And, and that's not a pun, by the way. I, but he is the absolute heavy favorite for me right now. If I'm I love Ricky Starks, I, I think, you know, the world of him. He's another one of these guys, young, talented guys who's who doesn't have a ceiling. Right now, to me, though, Ricky Starks is in this match for one reason and one reason only, a yeet competition. I want to see which big sirloin beef some bitch, as Sean Rossap would say, can chuck this MFR higher in the air. That is what I want. Even though he and Hobbs are on the same team, I just want all three of these guys, and hopefully, you know, we get another, you know, smaller guy in there so it doesn't. It makes more sense because Hobbs, I don't think. I would think, I think it's going to be Orange Cassidy on uh, Rampage between him and Anthony Bowens. So there you got go. you got Orange in there. That's going to be fun. He's another fun. person who can get tossed around and just him and his nonchalant uh, personality with all those beefy guys should be interesting. Just let me get all three of these dudes, the big MFers, just chucking the little guys. And then pointing to the crowd going, all right, was that a 10? Was that an eight? Something like that would be a really, really fun spot. And I hope that they pull that off. But right now, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Keith Lee as my favorite. We'll see who the uh, the last two are. It's Orange Cassidy and, uh, and, and Swerve. You got some options there for some uh, some smaller boys that you could chuck around, albeit very, very talented uh, smaller boys. Let's talk to, uh, let, not talk to, I think I'd like to talk to, but let's talk about Maxwell. Jacob Friedman, this guy, I mean, just when you, you you think we can't talk about how good his promo work is enough, right? Like this guy is the, the ultimate heels heel. He is an asshole 24 seven or so I thought until last night, until last night, when we saw a different face of MJF, a side of MJF that I did not know existed. For the first time in my life, in my life where I know that a, a person called Maxwell Jacob Friedman exists, I believe that he could pull off a babyface switch. I really, really do. He, he cut a passionate, believable, relatable promo last night, and it, it tugged at your heartstrings. Uh, there, I'm sure there were a lot of people who who felt that same way when CM Punk left the company. He's talking about, hey, look, this guy was my hero, and he abandoned me when I needed him most. And that's why today he's back, and I'm the man, and he wants to take my spotlight. F you. I'm here. I'm the best in the world. And then it really, it really hit when you have CM Punk come down. And he's got this just almost defeated look on his face, much like what we saw at a max last week. He's got this defeated look on his face and he's like, is all that true? Like, 
because punk is a guy who cares about his fans as long as you treat him with respect and you're not meeting him at airports and shit like that so <laughs> and max has got the tear the tear working fantastic job by him last night i mean i not much else i could say about how there's not enough words in the english language to describe how great that that segment truly truly was Kind of a rhetorical question on this one. Was that MJF's best promo? But I think the 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 bigger question is here. Do you buy it, SP3? Or is this the greatest acting job to pull the wool over the eyes of CM Punk in the history of all elite wrestling? Well, I will answer the first part first with, I have no clue, ladies and gentlemen. I just thought about it in my head. And, you know, MJF is just a great, promo guy he's an all-timer from the moment after he turned on cody at full gear 2019 he's been hitting it out the park with with main event style promos like that first promo explaining the turn and then the interaction with chris jericho into all the segments with cody and then the 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 lashing of cody that was a memorable segment uh, you got all the stuff he did with Chris Jericho, the turn and the reveal of the pinnacle against Chris yeah. Jericho. You got the the promo on the podium before his shot against John Moxley at All Out 2020, where he really like staked his claim to being the top heel in AEW. You got you got all the stuff he did with Darby Allen in the lead up to Full Gear. And then you had the interaction, the first promo exchange with him and CM Punk. That one is an all-timer type of promo. And uh, just, just not to cut you off, honestly, though, the one that he did in Cincinnati on Brian Pillman Jr. That that's another <laughs> one. That's another one where he went on 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 Auntie Linda. Like he just has so many. Like you can pick one, and I wouldn't argue with you that this that was the best promo today. But this this one from last night's episode of AEW Dynamite was the the promo that showed the most range. It showed yeah. how much he can do. Like you knew that there's always been this argument with MJF that he goes for the low hanging fruit. That it's all about shtick. That he doesn't have mm-hmm. any emotion or passion. He had all of that in this yeah. promo. Like that was 100% really a baby face promo in a lot of ways. Like I knew that MJF could be a baby face because I hear the way he delivers his promos. If you listen to the way he delivers his promos and then you hear the catchphrase, I'm better than you and you know it, you, you can hear, you already could hear before last night's promo that people could repeat that because he always repeats it it's stuck in your head all they got to do is put him against the right heel and people will go will cheer for him he has that rock type of it factor as a baby face he's that good of a talker that he's only 25 that he has you in the palm of your hand as a heel and he can do the same thing as a baby face that crowd in bridgeport connecticut started off laughing at him not wanting to hear from him laughing at his serious uh you know story about race being racially abused to actually sympathizing with him and ending his promo repeating his catchphrase when he's talking about the most popular guy in the company in cm punk now am i buying it nah 
Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash believe. Now, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. Uh, let us move on here to number four. Uh, another good showing uh, for Jade Cargillberg, shall we say? I don't mean Gilberg. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make a, I was trying to be cute. I was trying to be funny. I'm not meaning it as an insult. But we've always had the the Goldberg similarities, right, between her and Jade Cargill, the way that the between Jade Cargill and Goldberg, excuse me, the way that they have built uh, her up now counting 28 and 0 and undefeated. And then last night, the TBS champ, after she gets the win over the bunny, drops the who's next, which got the Goldberg chance going on in the crowd back there. Just Jeff, Jeff's briefly. Then we got Ty Conti who comes down. It appears, all right, she's going to try and set things up for revolution. A little bit of an awkward post-match, you know, situation going on there, but, you know, not everything's going to be perfect. The point is, we know who her next opponent is going to be. Do I think that's going to be who's last? That Ty Conti is going to be the person who beats Jade Cargill? Nah, I don't think so. Nah, it's too early. It's too early for Jade Cargill to, to drop this. So I want to know who is last because I'm looking up and down on the women's roster already beaten thunder rosa like who 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 on this women's roster is going to take down jade cargill i don't know if there's anybody who's currently employed with aew who's going to be her first loss sp3 well i would think that they would want to build to a big title versus title match maybe between the aew women's world champion and the tbs champion i could see them doing something like that at an all out or a full gear at the end of the year because she's running through a lot of these women in the women's division pretty fast like she yeah. beat she beat thunder rosa and ruby soho on a road to the title uh she she's beaten the bunny now uh, she hasn't uh, gone one-on-one with uh, Nyla Rose, which would be an interesting matchup and someone that can match her size. But did beat uh, her in a three-way. Yeah, yeah, she did beat, but she pinned Thunder Rosa. So right. she still hasn't pinned uh, Nyla Rose. So there's something there. There's also Hokara Shido when she comes back from Japan. That's an interesting option. Serena Deeb is always an option that I'm calling for. Before Tay Conti's music hit, I was like, Serena Deeb, come on, Serena Deeb. <laughs> I always want to see Serena Deeb go get some title gold, and I, I would love to see her in either division. Maybe I will see her in the AEW Women's World Title Division when Thunder Rosa wins that championship at Revolution. But it, it seems like maybe it might be either like a title versus title match at the end of the year where Thunder Rosa can get her revenge and finally beat Jay Cargill. Or next year... I think they're going to go a full year with Jay Cargill as TBS champion. And then next year, maybe they go back to the her original rival, which is Red Velvet, two women that they've kind of kind of raised together in this AEW kind of, uh, you know, the nightmare factory and stuff like that and trained them and homegrown them. Two stars, if they could get Red Velvet up to that level where she can finally be the underdog that dethrones Jay Cargill, I think that would be a nice story. I honestly believe they are trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. And I mean this, the, the, the network, not obviously this two separate companies, but there is a lot of similarities to the way they're building Jay Cardgill as WCW, WCW built Goldberg. Goldberg didn't lose his first match until after he won the world championship. 
Now, I'm not saying Jay needs to get hit with a cattle prod to lose. All right. But what I'm what I'm saying is. I don't think she's going to suffer her first loss until after she wins the AEW Women's Championship. I think she is going to hold on to that TBS title. You say title versus title. Yeah, I think that's happening sometime late this year or sometime early next year, maybe revolution time next year. And Jade is winning. They want to give her enough time, enough seasoning. You know, she's not, she's not green anymore, but she's still not as experienced as some of the other women on the roster. So you keep giving her these matches. You keep giving her TV time. She's obviously a spectacle. She's obviously a star, just like Goldberg, Goldberg was back in the day. You know, she just, she's got it, right? Like we talked about with, with Nikita Lyons last night. She's just got it. I think she's going to be a double champion at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if she just relinquished the TBS championship after she wins the AEW world title, just like Goldberg did with the United States championship back in WCW. But again, I don't know anybody on this roster currently uh, who's beat her. Maybe Britt Baker. Maybe. Maybe that's Britt's redemption story as she climbs her way back after she drops the title to Thunder Rosa, which I think is happening at AEW Revolution. But yeah, I think Jade is going to be on top for, for a while. They may need to bring somebody else into the women's division. You only got 23 or 24 women on the roster. She's already 28. No, but they yeah. brought in some enhancement talent as well to help kind of stat pad that. And right now, Red Velvet, I would say, is the Hugh Morris of her uh, of her stack. She's beaten Red Velvet like three or four, <laughs> three or four times now. Uh, and at least Jade's numbers are legit. At least Jade's numbers are legit. We can say that much. Uh, we talked about this revolution card about how it's more of a WrestleMania card than the actual WrestleMania card is right now. Um, granted, we only got three matches on the card right now, but um, to be fair, Revolution didn't have to sell two for one tickets. To be fair, that's true too. But they're also not doing it at a venue with a hundred thousand seats either. I mean, I, they they did two for one tickets after they sold like ten thousand seats, so that's the, pretty much the same amount as AEW. We got the early betting odds that did come out. For WrestleMania, which, by the way, I put in my uh, credential request. I am gonna, I am, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try SmackDown, Hall of Fame, Stand to Deliver, WrestleMania Night One, WrestleMania Night Two. I had the option to do Monday Night Raw as well, but my flight leaves at three o'clock in the afternoon on Monday, and I will probably be asleep uh, <laughs> on the way back to Cincinnati. But the early betting odds have come out. For the big matches at WrestleMania. And the odds makers like Brock Lesnar to win title versus title at WrestleMania. The same odds they're giving Bianca Belair right now as defeating Becky Lynch with a lot, which a lot of people think is a slam dunk. It's still early SP3, but real quickly, would you make that bet today? Would you make that bet that Brock Lesnar is going to win at WrestleMania? Oh, no. No, no, I wouldn't. But I do understand why it's that way this early, because Brock Lesnar just went through the entire Royal Rumble and won the Royal Rumble match. He then went through four other guys to win the WWE championship back inside the elimination chamber. Roman Reigns has been universal champion for over 540 days. You would think as the top heel of the company for the past two years, he will eventually be dethroned at a WrestleMania. And Brock Lesnar looks like the most formidable challenger to him in the past two years. So I totally understand why people would think that he should be the betting odds favorite. But I guarantee you, closer to the event, 
those odds will change. Yeah, I, I think the odds are going to change for Bianca as well, but I think they're going to go more in her favor, uh, to be completely honest, because that is the one. If there's one title change that has to happen at WrestleMania, I think it's that one. Because I don't know, and this is something we'll talk about as we get closer to the event, but like, you don't have Bianca beat Becky at WrestleMania. Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, it, it, it's time to see what Becky's journey is without a championship. And you got to give Bianca the the redemption, right? It's her redemption story. She can't lose the redemption story. So hey, I don't know what. I'm going to go all the way with this and we'll go, I'm going to root for Becky Lynch to beat Bianca <laughs> Belair because Shayna didn't beat Becky at WrestleMania 36. Neither did Rhea Ripley over Charlotte Flair. So mm-hmm. why shouldn't Bianca beat Becky at WrestleMania 38? I'm keeping the same energy, ladies and gentlemen. I want to I mean, be wrong. I want to be wrong about this as well. So I can apologize to WWE <laughs> once again. But I am setting it up that way, and I'm gonna go full throttle and say Becky Lynch wins. See, see, here, here's my spot, right? Like I'm in a win-win situation. Either Bianca wins, and it's the right call, and I get to see the story with Becky Lynch progressing without the championship that I I want to see that I'm ready to watch unfold on my TV screen, or my girl wins and she's still the world champion. So like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good either way. So I'm, I'm fine with this, but to answer the question, I ain't betting on Brock Lesnar. I think Roman, I think Roman, right? This is the story that Vince has been wanting to tell for five damn years. Now he's going to put Roman over on Brock Lesnar. Roman's walking away with all the gold. I, I will believe that until Brock Lesnar hits an F5 and covers them for a three count. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. The, the betting odds are going to be a lot closer than you think, even heading into the matchup, because to, to the betting odds was heavily in Roman Reigns' favor heading into WrestleMania 34. So I think people realize what company we're dealing with, and I think the odds are going to be very close between those Situations were a lot different back then. Situations were a Uh, lot different. Of course, yes, it was different, but Roman Reigns was was a bigger favorite then than he will be now. Going to be interesting. We're only, geez, we're only five weeks out. Doesn't feel like it, but that's a conversation for another show. Oh, wait. We already did that conversation earlier this week on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. We do appreciate you guys joining us uh, for all 55 minutes of this half-hour podcast, so thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Check out our other shows from earlier this week. This is a Monday through Friday, or excuse me, Monday through Thursday program. Drops every morning at 7 a.m., so you can count on us to be a part of your day. Like, subscribe, give us the thumbs up. You have no idea how much that helps. Check out my pinned tweet. Get registered. Uh, for our contest again that runs through um, uh, March 6th uh, we're giving away $50 to shop AEW if we get to 500 subscribers between now and then probably not likely but if we do it I'd love it and we'll, we'll give away $100 we'll give away $100 I say don't forget to check out SP3's wonderful conversation with <laughs> It's amazing how you got that trophy so fast. Uh, Don't forget to check out uh, Sid's amazing conversation with Alex Hammerstone. Also, I'm going to have something pretty special coming out for you guys uh, next week. I got an interview that will be dropping on March the 1st. Can't say what it is because I haven't done it yet, but once it's in the can, I will let y'all know. So follow me on Twitter at Rick Uccino, U-C-C-H-I-N-O. Follow this man, the Quizzle Mania champ. At true heel SP3, no E in the word true. 
You've been listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.